to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NXT Podcast. As always, I am your host. My name is Zachary Smith. Thank you for joining me again to talk about NXT and New Year's Evil. Still a terrible name for a event, whatever they call pay-per-views now. I don't know. Live experience, probably something like that. Talking about some of the results, talking about what happened, talking about what is going to be happening going forward. Now, before we get started, you can follow me on Twitter at ZachNXT. That's at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. We're talking wrestling and other fun stuff over there. And usually, we talk about the news and the notes, stuff that's going on in WWE since I last spoke to you, a couple things have happened. Can't leave you guys alone for a minute, evidently. So, the first thing, there's really only two things. The first thing is that at WWE Day 1, it was supposed to be Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, Universal Championship, for I don't know how many times now. And then Roman got covid so, best wishes to him, and hopefully he has a speedy recovery. But their solution to this was not to have, like, Brock do a fun thing on the show, or give Brock another opponent, or anything like that. They just added Brock to the WWE title match with Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and the WWE champion Big E. Okay. Everybody got pretty excited because everybody loves Brock right now. I get it. He's a really fun babyface at the moment. And we finally got a glimpse of Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, the match we've wanted for forever. And WWE acts like we didn't hear them, and now they're going to do it and say they planned it this way the whole time. So the match goes on. You probably figured something was off when Big E, the WWE champion, didn't enter Last, it was Brock Lesnar, and then they just straight up had Brock win the WWE title. Um, So everybody kind of made the boy Brock really doesn't like the New Day joke because he beat Kofi for the title and now Big E for the title. Xavier Woods better watch out. Um, So this is weird because I love Big E as WWE champion. I don't think they did a particularly good job with him on the show. I think Big E was a better champion outside of the show than he was as a character on the show. And that's because Big E felt like a champion with all the stuff he did outside of the ring. And then inside of the ring, they did kind of what they did with Kofi, which is you have this big moment of winning the title, and then you don't consider him one of the top, top guys. That's pretty evident. So... uh, He has built 
a legacy for himself. He he will always be a WWE champion. If he never wins it again, he will always be a WWE champion. And I know they decide who wins beforehand. That's still important to me. Um, and he announced title fights. He announced people to the ring. The Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight. He did all this really cool stuff outside of the ring. He was on the Breakfast Club. And so that's the stuff I'm going to remember. I'm not going to remember the feuds that were nothing and the nothing they put behind him. Uh, should Big E have lost? Absolutely not. It's pretty interesting because I, I would think if Roman doesn't have COVID and Brock faces Roman, I think Big E walks out of that match as the WWE champion. I don't think you're putting it back on Bobby Lashley yet. I don't think you're putting it on Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens because they're going to go be a tag team. So I think Big E would have walked out with the title. And to lose it in, what was it, four months? At a C pay-per-view, not even a B one, is a bummer. But I'm big on giving people their flowers while they are still here. I think Big E was a great WWE champion outside of the ring. Or rather, outside of WWE's bad storytelling. And I think that's a testament to Big E and the way he was able to make himself feel like a champion when clearly WWE was not interested in him feeling like one. But by all means, let's have one of our potential new top stars. Let's not do that because that's not what we do. Let's have Brock win the WWE title again. And now let's figure out a way to get Brock to face Roman anyway, which he does not need the WWE Championship for. Sick, dude. Fun. Good story. So, yeah, Big E's not the WWE Champion anymore. He'll probably feud for, like, the U.S. title or something. And WWE will say, oh, man, we did a really good job. Two black guys were WWE Champion. Isn't that cool? Um, and it sucks that they are going to get credit for that because Big E's WWE title reign is... The stuff I'm going to remember is all because of Big E, and very little of it has to do with WWE themselves outside of making the decision for him to win to boost ratings. So that's cool. Um, the other thing that happened is a lot of people got released from NXT. So WWE put out a statement saying, quote, with the continued evolution of NXT 2.0, we've decided to part ways with some of the staff based in our performance center. We thank them for their many contributions throughout the years and wish them the best. So that's nothing. Those words are nothing. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's not. It's empty. You, it's, a, it's a statement you put out. Doesn't mean anything. Um, amongst the people released, interestingly, not many wrestlers. Timothy Thatcher was released. Danny Burch was released. Scott Armstrong was released. Hideki Suzuki of Diamond Mind was released. Dave Kapoor, Ryan Katz. Here's where it gets interesting. Road Dog was released. Uh, and then there's two. I'm, I'm trying to decide which is worse. I think I know which one's worse. So William Regal was released. William Regal, you'll remember, as the best general manager that's ever been on WWE TV. 
the best authority figure that's ever been on WWE TV. Somebody who managed to be entertaining without taking over the show. Uh, you know, not a like a Stephanie McMahon who gets over at the expense of talent. Not a Triple H who's in character, too obsessed with making himself look good. Not a Kurt Angle who's way past his prime. Not a Mick Foley that can only warn people about the dangers of Hell in a Cell because he got thrown off of the top one time. William Regal was an authority figure because he, he commanded respect without having to ask for it from everyone. I don't... I have not come across the person that does not respect the hell out of William Regal. And that's just on-screen. Like, on-screen, also fabulous wrestler. In line to be one of the top guys before there were some issues with demons. But somebody that just about everybody looks up to. A hugely entertaining character. A really funny guy. Very dry sense of humor that plays well in WWE. Guy like William Regal shouldn't have made it to be a legend in WWE. He's not anything that WWE looks for. William Regal is a wrestler, and although the second W is for wrestling, they're not interested in wrestlers. And I don't think they could have sent a more clear signal of that intention to have nothing to do with wrestling than to release one of the greatest wrestling minds living at the moment. If NXT 2.0 is supposed to build up entertainers for the main roster, if you had me pick from everybody that's ever been in the world of wrestling, and you asked me to make a top five, there's no way William Regal is not the first or second choice. If you have a bunch of young talent that you're trying to mold into superstars, I can't think of somebody who is a better combination of promo ability in-ring ability, charisma, it factor, and putting it all together to be a professional behind the scenes than William Regal. William Regal came up in the Attitude Era, notoriously difficult to get over and stay over. Stayed over through all of the 2000s and terrible periods in the mid-2000s. Stayed over to his last day in NXT. I sincerely cannot think of somebody that would have been better for what NXT 2.0 says it is. But that's just it. The first part of the quote says, with the continued evolution of NXT 2.0. So NXT 2.0 is now just going to be like a self-contained ecosystem where Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and whomever else is making decisions can just... Do WWE main roster stuff with new people and see if it works. And that's fine, I guess. That's a way that you could do it. I would think, however, you would want to do main roster stories with them and also have brilliant wrestling minds for them to learn from. But again... WWE has never made it clearer to you or me that they are not a wrestling company and they are not interested in wrestlers. That's insane. I sincerely hope that I see William Regal on AEW television 
because if you want somebody to come in, you know, that's part of what Chris Jericho wanted to do, John Moxley, Brody Lee. That's what these guys wanted to do. They wanted to come in, use their experience to help this new generation. And William Regal can do that. Even if you never put him on television in your show, have him be a producer, have him be a consultant, whatever he wants to do, have him do it. And he will make any company better. Why you would release him and make your company worse is beyond me. But WWE makes so much unearned money now that you can't really tell them anything. The biggest one, or the uh, the worst one probably on this list, is Alice in Danger. And that's because Alice in Danger is a wrestler who, who uh, you know, really wanted to be in WWE, finally got signed to NXT, moved her whole life and family down. I forget if it was Orlando to be near the Performance Center. And then, what, like a month later is released? So presumably you could, you could do a few things. You could not sign Alice in Danger and give her that hope. You could tell Alice in Danger that, hey, you probably shouldn't move because we're not that interested in you. You could look at Alice in Danger's commitment of moving her family down here for a dream and think maybe we could turn this into something. There were a lot of off-ramps on this, this highway you could have taken that they didn't. And now Alice in Danger is just, like, in a new place for no reason now. And it's not... It's It would be easy to say, well, it's not WWE's fault that she moved. No, it is. It, no, it is. Um, if you sign somebody and you want them close to the performance center so that you could teach them how WWE does things, then it, it is your fault that she moved and then you fired her. That's absolutely your fault. Um, and, you know, this... You could have released a lot of wrestlers before you released the woman who just moved her whole life to come down here. And it almost seems like a purposeful decision for some reason. Like, it wouldn't be that surprising to me if she were too into it and it was too much, oh, this is my dream, I'm psyched, and WWE said, huh, yeah, well, you're released. And that sounds ridiculous, right? But also it doesn't because WWE does stuff like this. So WWE's not a great company. Um, and it gets harder and harder each time to transition and do this podcast sometimes with some of this. I'll remind you, all of these people were released during a global pandemic at a time when Ring of Honor is what under a lot of indies aren't back on their feet yet AEW is packed to the gills it's not the open market it was just a little while ago especially if you're a backstage person like it's probably even harder to find a job WWE doesn't care about the people that work for them they're independent contractors they don't get health insurance you could be released at any time for no reason because you're moving in a different creative direction So just keep in mind that if you're somebody that grows up watching wrestling and wanting to be a wrestler, maybe don't aspire to be the main event of WrestleMania one day. One, because you won't be. They're not interested. 
And two, because they uh, they don't care about you. And there's some degree of that with almost every employer you're ever going to work for. But don't work for one that actively has contempt for you and doesn't respect you. Anyway, NXT New Year's Evil. Fun show. couple fun things. First match, championship unification. Carmelo Hayes, the North American champion, versus Roderick Strong, the, North, uh, the cruiserweight champion. So blah, 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 Carmelo Hayes wins. It was a really, really fun match. These bo- these guys are both really, really, really good. So you knew, even though this story was nothing, that they were going to have a banger of a match. And for an NXT show, that's really all I care about. Now, if you enjoyed this show, I suggest you watch it a few more times and enjoy it, because it sounds like the NXT that we know and the shows like this that are about really good wrestling are absolutely not staying around so just enjoy this period of takeovers i understand that there are rather pay-per-views i understand they're not what they were but you need to enjoy this because i feel like a worse version is coming so carmelo hayes is now the north american champion and the cruiserweight champion i don't know if you keep the cruiserweight title around and have him be a double champion for a while i don't know if you just it says the title unification match, which almost makes me think that the North American Championship will just absorb the Cruiserweight title, which is fine, because the Cruiserweight title doesn't really do anything, and Roderick Strong didn't need the North American and Cruiserweight title. Um, Diamond Mind isn't going to be any better for having the North American. You could put the NXT title in that stable, and it wouldn't matter. So yeah, let's have Carmelo have a moment. This is the kind of stuff you do when you're building somebody up. You give them big moments, not the biggest moments. It does. I do have to remind you that Carmelo Hayes could be the NXT champion and cruiserweight champion right now if he had cashed in on Tommaso Ciampa, but he didn't. So that's cool. Um... AJ Styles is around. He praises the NXT fans, the impact they have on the business, especially in making NXT special. Boy, remember when that was true? That sure was cool. Uh, Full sale was nice. Anyway, he calls out Grayson Waller. He devalues the fans. Grayson Waller demands a match with AJ Styles, but only next week in the main event because it could be the biggest win of his career. So, he was welcomed like a hero. Um, and NXT is kind of a fun place for him to be because as of right this moment, they still care about like the matches like that will stop at some point, but right now they still care about the match. Like Shawn Michaels cares enough about the matches for NXT to still care about the matches. And so if you care about the matches, a guy like AJ Styles is perfect he turned himself into a really good promo, which I never would have thought. And he's always been excellent in the ring. He's always been one of the best in the world and sometimes the best in the world in the ring. And he's older now and he's he can still summon it, but it's not every single night. But this match with Grayson Waller will be fantastic. And if AJ's only coming in to work with Grayson Waller, fine. Grayson Waller is one of the biggest... Eh, one of the most important stars that NXT has. So that makes sense. Um, If he sticks around and works with other people, like a Carmelo Hayes or a Braun Breaker, I love it. 
AJ Styles is is at the point in his WWE career where he's helping get over younger talents. And AJ seems like the kind of dude that would be down to do that. Maybe a little bit of a reduced schedule and just kind of putting people over. Not necessarily losing every time, but making people look good. And Grayson Waller is the first and maybe only on that list. So, presumably Grayson Waller will win that match through nefarious means, I would assume. But it doesn't really matter who wins, because Grayson Waller is going to be better for having been in there with one of the best wrestlers in the world. And that's enough. So, awesome. Pete Dunn challenged Tony D'Angelo to a rematch next week and warned that his new rival would need his crowbar to survive. This could be a crowbar on a pole match, because that's cool. Um, so, Imperium, that's Marcel Bartel, Fabian Eichner, and Walter versus MSK and the Shaman Matt Riddle. Riddle hits an RKO on Marcel Bartel to win. I like that he uses the RKO even in NXT where Randy isn't. Um, so, Riddle and MSK, 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 nailed it. Beat Imperium. Fun match. It was really fun to see Walter uh, in NXT again. I don't think we've seen him since he was defending the um, UK title against Dragunov. When it was like such a fantastic match that NXT was like, oh, we got to get that over here. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come. I hope so. I'd love to see more of Walter. I don't watch NXT UK. I don't know what your motivation would be at this point to work for NXT 2.0 or especially the main roster based on his prior experiences with Survivor Series and just in general the fact they can cut you at any second. But he's he's a special guy, and I'd like to see more of him. And so this was fun. It makes sense for Riddle and MSK to win you just kind of debuted this shaman thing. It wouldn't make sense to have them lose. So, yeah, okay. That's fine. So, um, NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose versus Raquel Gonzalez versus Cora Jade. So, feels like Raquel Gonzalez isn't going to be in NXT a whole lot longer. doesn't seem like there's a ton left for her to do. She wasn't going to win the title back. Uh, Cora Jade could and maybe should be the person that beats Mandy Rose for that title, but way down the line. Like, separate them now and have Cora build up back to Mandy Rose. And Mandy Rose, who I don't think has defended her title yet before this match. Um, Right choice. Mandy Rose won. You know, obviously. You wouldn't... Mandy Rose is a really good character right now, and... She is the top woman on NXT, character-wise. So it makes sense. Cora Jade is not ready. Raquel Gonzalez already was the women's champion. So there was no doubt as to the result of this match, but it was still a fun match. Not the best thing I've ever seen, but, you know, fine. And Mandy Rose wins, and she gets to come on NXT next week and be a real jerk about it. And, you know, Gonzalez and Cora Jade couldn't quite work together, and 
If they had, there'd be a new champion, but that's that's a classic wrestling story. Um, Von Wagner interrupted Andre Chase when he was um, he was trying to give the student that protected him last week like a full scholarship, whatever. Takes out Andre Chase, attacked the student, ripped a member of the NXT universe out of his seat, even though it was a, you know, it's obviously, but he didn't pull a real fan, you know that. This was an NXT TV segment. I'm not sure why that was here. Um, they really want Von Wagner to be a thing, and it's just, it isn't. Um, I wonder if this is what Andre Chase thought his career would be at this point. And that's like no shade to Andre Chase, but like I wonder what he thought his NXT run was going to be versus what it is, is kind of what I wonder. Um... I mean, I guess get get okay, get comfortable with seeing a lot of Von Wagner because you're going to see a lot of them. And they're going to try really hard to make you boo them and not sit there, not caring. But, you know, <laughs> NXT Championship. Braun Breaker challenges Tommaso Ciampa. Braun Breaker has a big, um, like, old NXT X in front of him on his entrance. He kicks through it. He's tearing down the old NXT. Ooh. Champa comes out kind of a dead man walking thing. Um, listen, I said last week that I was absolutely fine with Braun Breaker getting another match with Champa for the title because Champa barely beat him the first time. And then Braun Breaker pinned Champa at War Games. So, absolutely fine with if you pin the champion, you get a title match. Good with it. But if you're going to do this, Braun Breaker has to win this time. Because if you have Braun Breaker lose twice, now you're just a loser. Now you're somebody who, who does not win big matches. So, Braun Breaker and Champa have a banger of a match. It was really, really good. And Braun Breaker locks in the Steiner recliner. And Champa taps. After Champa gives like a nod to Breaker. A little respect shown. And we have a new NXT champion. I mean, you knew this kind of from the first time you saw Braun Breaker, right? He's everything that Vince McMahon would love in a wrestler. And he has it. And he's raw in some areas. But give him the ball. See if he can run with it. I love it. So that's perfect. It was it was a super talent and a rookie. Versus a super veteran in Champa, And now, you have put the ultimate stamp of approval. You have used Champa in the best way that you possibly could. And you have had him re-win Goldie and close that arc for himself. And then, he got to represent as the first NXT champion of NXT 2.0. What an honor. And then he got to put over who is, who's probably going to be, if they get their way, the biggest star to come out of NXT 2.0 in Braun Breaker. So, Champa has done everything and more that he could. Posted something on social media. I forget if it was like thank you or, or what it was. It all. My first thought was that he was retiring. Some people thought he was going to the main roster. I remember him saying that he would retire before he went to the main roster. 
Um, so I don't know if he's changed his mind about that, which is fine, or if he's just going to retire or if he's taking some time off. Whatever his decision is, all I can say is thank you very much to Tommaso Champ. He gave us more than he had to. And for Braun Breaker, Rick Steiner came in the ring and celebrated with him. That was fun. And Braun looks good with the NXT title. He, it looks right. He's very new. He's had like, what, 20 matches maybe? But he's put on a banger with Champa the first time, a banger in the War Games match, and a banger and a half for this one. You need to go watch this match. Now, it's going to be interesting watching him in the ring with people who are only a little bit above or at his same or lower skill level. We haven't seen that a lot. You know, going in there with Champa is is like bowling with bumpers. You know, you might not get a strike, but you're not going to go in the gutter. Well, that was a good analogy. I just pulled out of nowhere, dude. So now you got to take the bumpers off. And I think that Breaker can handle it. He hasn't shown me anything so far to indicate that he can't. But I am excited to see how he does as champion now. I'm excited to see the opening promo, presumably with him, on NXT this week. I want to hear what he sounds like. I want to hear or see, rather, who his next challenger is going to be. And I want to see his next match. How do you do when it's not one of the best people that's ever been in NXT, which is saying something. If you're a new fan of NXT and NXT 2.0 is your reference point, please understand how big of a deal it is for me to say Tommaso Ciampa is amongst the best to ever step foot in NXT. It's one of the, it's one of the biggest honors that I can give a wrestler that puts you in categories with, with Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, some of the best in ring workers that have ever been in NXT and Champa's name is up there with Johnny Gargano um, and Adam Cole. There's a, there's a few guys, there's a handful of guys who stand out above the rest, and Champa is one of them. And you used him to build Braun, which is the correct thing. And now we get to see what happens after. I want to hear what you thought of New Year's Evil. Also, do you agree with me that New Year's Evil is a stupid name? Because I think it is. It was a fun show. I had a lot of fun watching it. But every time they said New Year's Evil, I winced a little bit. Are you excited to see Braun Breaker's champion? What do you think Champa's going to do next? What's up with Diamond Mind? You interested in him? Probably not. Let me know on Twitter. At ZachNXT. At Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. In the meantime, that's it for NXT. So that's it for me. I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always. And thank you for listening.